What's up, everybody? It's Coach Heather and Cassie, and we are here with our awesome podcast, Get Happy, where we are utterly devoted to getting happy. And you may know or remember us from TikTok. You can follow me, Coach Heather904, and Cass is little.bo.blacksheep. Those are periods in between all those words. I finally got it right. Yay. <laughs> and, um, so we decided that we were going to have like an impromptu session um, and just kind of talk about some things that we've been currently dealing with. And Cassie was telling me that she was feeling enraged earlier. And um, I'll let her share more about that. Um, go ahead, Cassie. It's a, I guess it's a, a plethora of things that I was crying to you earlier. It's I'm having surgery at the end of the month and it's, I've, it's on my spine and I'm going to be single parenting two children and while I'm in recovery and can't lift more than 10 pounds or sweep my floor and just realizing that the people that I thought would be here are not here and like just the feeling of being alone and I noticed that I've been super angry today and I tried a medication that I haven't tried before and it surfaced a lot of these feelings and I am it underneath rage is usually deep profound sadness and so and, and I noticed as I was short with my kids I was impatient and I had to like pull myself out of it and be like you need to take a moment girl like and chill out and figure out why it is that you are so angry. And it dawned on me, I really, I have friends that exist on the internet, but I don't have any on like in-person support. Uh, thank you for sharing that with us, Cassie. Um, I can definitely say as your friend, as a 30 year old and as an American, that your feelings, oh, and, and as a mother, I don't know if I said that, um, all four of those things that your feelings are 100% valid. And I know I too have felt that too, because I have a lot of internet friends and I'm so thankful for each and every one of them because they have come to my rescue and helped me uh, many times when I was feeling triggered and upset and felt like I couldn't move on with my life. But there are times in your life where like emergencies happen and then that's when you realize that all your internet friends like live in Michigan or Illinois or some or some random ass place where like, they can't get to you yeah they can't get to you and then you're like fuck um all my family and friends that I knew in my real life I either moved away from them or I have no contact and um, you know, like you can't even send your kids to public school nowadays without worried about them getting shot, much less, you or know, bullied. yeah, or bullied, much less trying to find a babysitter, you know, and there's, it just really sucks because there's no, I think the part that might, in, I, I feel like might enrage you the most and correct me if I'm wrong, is it just kind of feels like there's no solution. Like it's just uh something that we have to that we should get to enjoy but most people have to grit their teeth and bear being a mother uh or a caregiver because village yeah because there's no fucking village there's no fucking village even and i mean it's probably hard for people who do have a village 
I, oh. But you have to look at them like we were talking earlier, like you and I share a similar mindset. The people that we are working with in our book group are people that recognize that they're traumatized and they're trying to get better. But that is not true for the people around me. The people on my block are still deeply immersed in their trauma. I live in a predominantly black area and it's a lot of people repeating trauma responses that just look like culture now. And so I'm not gonna leave my children with someone who yells at and berates their own children, you know, or somewhere that I feel that their bodies may not be safe. Like I don't have anybody that I can, like I'd leave my children with you. I would leave my children with Aaron, but you guys aren't here. Yeah, and we so, live in another freaking state. I wish we could teleport. That part, but yeah, it's it's to the point now that we just don't have, and you may hear my kids in the background because I am a single mom. He's singing. Um, but yeah, it's just, my therapist asked me today, like if you have complications from your spinal cord surgery, because they're going in through my neck, like what are you gonna do with your kids if you end up in the hospital? And I was like, I don't really have a good answer for that. I was like, I mean, you leave them with my neighbor that I really don't want to leave them with until my ex can get here to take them. But like, I don't have, and it makes me angry that the family that claims to care so much about your kids is nowhere to be found when you need them, you know? Mm -hmm. That part. Like, it's just, and you, I've worked, and I know that a lot of us are working really hard to not raise our children in the same shitty cycles that we were raised in. And if something happens to me, they go to the unhealed other parent who is still repeating these cycles and still doing all the same self-destructive shit. And they're gonna teach that to my kids and undo everything that I have done. And it's just sad and it's scary because we are fighting so hard for our kids, but it's like everybody is fighting their battle alone. Even though as a collective, we're doing it right. There's no community level support. People don't want yeah. to hear it. It's too hard to change. People, like I was telling you earlier, I feel like people traded their community for stuff. You know, mm -hmm. like so many people are stuck in like that nine to five type of way of living not that there's anything wrong with that and it works great for some people but it, then it's not meant for everybody and it shouldn't be a one size fits all so everybody collectively has just gotten used to just being at their house and doing their way of living like no sense of community or whatsoever at all and um i guess people if if it's a if it's a good family it might work out for them but a lot of these families aren't that good like ours and they beat their kids and like you said their trauma response is culture or their culture is a trauma response i'm not really sure which way it goes okay. and and it's all for stuff for sofas and 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 gold and and wi-fi nice cars and lashes and nails. yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, nice cars and lashes, and you know the. Op I always tell people the opposite of addiction is connection, and there's so many people that are just dying to connect with others. And how nice would it be 
for you to be able to go get a surgery and not and not have to worry about who's taking care of your kids but a place like that don't exist in america that part and i mean and my ex would say to me like well you moved for actually multiple people that are from my past life on this earth have said like well you moved far away and i was like i can be alone anywhere y'all were right down the street before and i couldn't go to the doctor still because you wouldn't watch my kids so like it's the same predicament in a different shade different flavor don't act like you care and it it just makes me really sad because people don't want to break the cycles that they're in because they're they're comfortable and like we've talked about safe ain't safe just because it feels safe our brains are wired to keep us alive so you're gonna keep doing the things that are normal and that's why they call it rewiring your neural pathways because you're literally training your brain to think of something different, to do things differently. And it's, there's not enough of us that are in a collective space. Like, you really aren't like, on my block. It makes you wonder how many people are actually stuck inside of that rat race and the, and the, um, the matrix. Uh, they don't even know they're sleeping. That's the worst part. Yeah, that is the worst part. Yeah, it's like uh, like that Chrissy wake up. Chrissy wake up. I don't like that part. It. Chrissy wake up. I finally watched that ep- uh, that episode the other night. By the way, what is that from? Stranger Things. Oh, I don't watch that show. I don't. I have tiny humans that control my television, so I don't get to watch things like that. It, it was scary, and after the second episode, I turned it off. So unless you like scary stuff, I wouldn't really recommend it. But it was really scary, and my mental health was all like, we ain't going to watch this right now. <laughs> it's too scary. I used to watch a lot of true crime and scary things. And honestly, since I've started this whole healing and deconstruction path, it's not, it, nothing hits like it used to. Yeah, Yeah, me too. And I've also noticed whenever I'm watching scary or thriller type movies, like my, I've noticed like my body will be all winced up and I'll be like, Heather, like relax. It's just a movie. And after doing that three or four times, I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Like, I know it's just a movie, but obviously my subconscious thinks it's real and I'm not going to keep doing this so that I get a kink in my neck later tonight from all the winds. That part. (laughs) That part. Well, I mean, I learned that a lot of, um, a lot of us that watch true crime and a lot of us that watch that stuff, it's because our baseline is scared. Our baseline is stress. What? Yeah, I've heard that, yeah, our baseline is stress. So we like, that's why like a lot of people watch true crime to go to sleep (laughs) and I think that uh what what you said is true but at the same time I still think that that's so uh unfathomable to think of how many people watch crew crime crime in order to go to sleep like that like literally hearing a store a boring not a boring story but you know the people who tell it it's always kind of boring monotone stories about how yes yeah monotonous murder stories put you to sleep like think about that for a second it's dude i'm telling like it started when i was pregnant with elias i started to not be able to watch stories that like he was a son 
because it literally undid me because I'm growing this little human in my body and like I don't want that to be like we talked about child loss recently about how like you know you, you know people that have lost kids and because you can empathize like I don't want to empathize with that like I do not how that sounds but like I don't want that I can't think about it because I already have enough to think about so like yeah. I have watching a lot of just everyone's a son everyone's a daughter you know so like it just got to where I'm like mm, I can't watch this anymore Dateline sometimes but no yeah same yeah the, the, Dateline's the only one I can like but you know they're kind of funny and they always have those different characters on there so for some reason I feel like I can listen to their stories better yeah no Dateline 48 hours are the only and that's only if I need filler noise or I'm gonna fall asleep which is still pretty fucked up <laughs> just saying hey I heard that people with autism and ADHD I heard that we should invest in a white noise machine yeah we do uh binaural beats when we go to sleep instead of murder stories because I used to put the toddler to sleep with forensic files we call it forensic lies and that's probably not healthy so we've switched it up to like sleep meditation music because that's a lot healthier for a tiny child <laughs> Nice. I love it. Look at you making parenting progress. I know um for I know for me um sleep's always sleep's always been kind of rough anyways. It's hard. Like I've been trying to uh like I um shared in the last podcast, I've been trying to do the 321 method where I don't eat before I go to sleep um for 3 hours, I don't drink water for 2 hours unless I'm really thirsty. And I try not to do um, any electronics in an, within an hour, but that's really hard sometimes. I actually, hearing you say that made me realize I need to tighten up our bedtime because like I'm autistic with ADHD, so I crave chaos and structure at the same time. Like it's a constant battle. And so we don't have, we have routines, things that we do, but they're not ever at the same time. And so, <laughs> that makes me realize I probably need to start like settling them down at like eight o'clock so that they can be asleep by 10 because they are night owls like they take a minute to go to sleep but it's it's really important for them to have that and yeah because we don't you and I are traumatized so sleep is a, it's different for us and so we actually have to think about it like I was saying in the last podcast that I had to like tell myself you are frying your brain right now. Go to bed. Like, shh, it's okay. You don't have to finish it. You can go to bed. It's been kind of liberating. But yeah, my kids definitely need me to be on schedule when it comes to stuff like that because I'm setting them up either way for success or failure. Yeah, I know for me, um, I guess, I guess, I don't know if it's because my autism or the way I grew up, but I have to have, I've just noticed with my mental health, like routines make me feel so much better. And, but it's, once I get into following it, it's good, but it's like it, the act of getting into following my routine is very difficult. And I don't know why, but once I do it, then it's very good and and I will usually flourish but just that not doing any electronics one hour before bed every night is very difficult yes it is dude but I mean a lot of us autistics have what's called pathological demand avoidance 
or like a persistent drive for autonomy to fighting over the language for it. And they like rules were like, fuck that. Even if you set it for yourself, fuck that. And you don't want to do it. It's, it's pretty insane. Persistent drive for autonomy. You want to be in control of yourself at all times. Oh, I never heard of that. And thank you for saying that because like, I don't know why sometimes even though I want to do something or I need to do something and I just won't do it sometimes and I don't know why I'm like that. It's either PDA or trauma response because a lot of us have avoidant personalities. So like you don't want to call the place because it takes a lot of energy and like when you're autistic you don't like talking to people for like I don't want to call the water company. I'd rather drill my own teeth but I have to. Oh my gosh, yes, I'm the same. Yeah, like I literally hate doing all of the adult things that we have to do. Like uh, like the dentist fucking up my mouth. I really had a hard time. The, the people who are listening to this podcast won't know, but um, I went to the dentist last week and they cut my mouth with their tools and it got uh, like swollen and it hurt very bad and like both my lips are cut it's basically like a horrible paper cut in my mouth and I had a hard time going to the dentist today to tell them that they cut me it was so hard and I'm like why is this hard they injured me why am I having such a hard time telling someone they injured me Hey, this is Before, ridiculous. Could you tell your mom that she injured you? Hell no. Do you see how that works? It's, yes. It's, I mean, I turned down a job and I literally had a meltdown because I let someone down that I've never met, will never see again. And a company that is a multi-billion dollar, I was, I'm so terrified. Like it's, it's your inner little. She that takes is control. crazy how loud they are and like, like it's like it's so crazy because you know you're being ridiculous but you literally can't help it but it's not ridiculous to her yeah it's not you're right it's, it's not yeah yeah because yeah give mom, grace. yeah our mom used to beat the shit out of us so that's why we don't want to tell the dentist or whatever that they cut our mm-hmm. mouth mm-hmm. and i mean I, I had, I told you when you were at the dentist, like I went to the dentist once and I forgot my headphones because the sound of the drill makes me insane. And that day I forgot my headphones and I told them I have severe anxiety, like just letting you know. So I'm gonna be tapping you if I need you to stop because I'm trying to breathe, but I might panic. And as they were in my mouth with the drill, there was a fucking earthquake. And I melted down internally. The light was shaking with the drill in my mouth. And afterwards, the lady was like, oh, see, you were fine. And I was like, bitch, if you'd been inside my head, if you'd been inside my chest, I was not fine. I just couldn't outwardly express it because remember we used to get beat and told to shut up. Yeah. Don't, don't cry. We're going into public now. Yeah, no, yeah, like literally like, yeah, I think that's so crazy because of how we will act when all of that is happening. Like we don't know how to act. And when the the lady was like literally cutting in my mouth, I was probably smiling. It's been mm-hmm. like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're cutting my mouth, but it's fine. <laughs> How many things in your life have you had to grin and bear it through because nobody gave a shit or we're gonna tell you that, like I, this is kind of related, but not related. <clears throat> 
my mailman walked through my melon patch because he has a bad habit of walking across people's yards. And I saw him do it. He's like, no, I didn't. And I was, that, that's how it, that's how most people in positions of authority, no, I didn't. What are you talking about? So even if you would have said something, you faced the potential of them telling you that, no, I'm not gaslighting you and telling you that's not what's happening. He doesn't walk across my lawn anymore after I complain. He Very makes a point. But you know what I mean? Like we, there's been so many times in our lives where we have told someone that they were hurting us and they were like, no, we're not. You're fine. You're good. You'll be all right. Oh, and it's I'm like, so but it's not fine that. to me. Yeah, I hate that when people say, oh, you're fine. Or they say, stop crying. Or they say, oh, don't feel that way. Or I well, didn't hurt you. Yeah, or, or <laughs> the all famous cliche. Drum roll. I'm sorry you feel that way. That makes me want to gouge out my eyeballs with a psych hospital issued spork. It really does. That makes me insane. Yeah, me too. I'm sorry you feel that way. Like what? That that is a lack of account. Like I actually had to have this conversation with my ex the other day, where she was very disrespectful to me in front of our kid on the phone because she lives in another state. And when I was like, "Don't talk to me that way," it was met with that dismissive gaslighting. Like I didn't do that, but I'm like, "Do you hear yourself? Like your tone, how you're t you're telling me that you're not being disrespectful while you're being disrespectful, and you're doing it in front of my kid." And I had to make sure to, in front of him to say. I don't allow people to talk to me like that. I don't give a shit who you are. If you continue to be disrespectful, you, and this is huge, because like six months ago, I would never have set these boundaries. I would have just been like, oh, okay, I guess I was overreacting. I was like, no, no, it's not, I'm sorry you feel that way. It's, you don't get to tell me how your shitty actions made me feel. And that is something that people are way too comfortable with in this, in 2022. Like, yeah, you don't get like, to dictate how I feel about what you did to me. Yeah, finding somebody who takes accountability for their behavior in 2022 literally is like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Like, people don't take accountability for their behavior at all. Like, no, at all. It's too painful because of that ego that they've built up that, like, is, it causes that cognitive dissonance of, like, I did a bad thing, I must be bad. So they they avoid that. They don't wanna feel it, so they're gonna project it. And I, I learned a lot of this actually in dealing with my ex because people piss you off in the ways you need to heal. Mm-hmm, yeah, I, I love how they say, oh, what is this person in traffic trying to teach me today? Mm-hmm, and <clears throat> the things that annoy you and other people, like I used to be so pissed that my ex was a people pleaser. Guess who turned out to be the biggest people pleaser on this side of the Mississippi? Your girl. <laughs> Let me get in there, bestie. So, you know what I mean? Like, everyone annoys you in the ways that you need to heal. And she was the lesson for me of like, it's not I'm sorry how you, that you feel that way. It's you should be sorry that you made me feel that way. Like, it's, it's, it's basically like absolving you of your wrongdoing. You you did, you harmed me. You're not allowed to say you didn't harm me. Just because you don't think it's harmful doesn't mean, like like when we had that conversation with that one girl where I said, you two people could be in the same car accident. 
you might be fine. I might be scarred for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know yeah, people retain information different. Like literally every single person in the world retains information differently. Mm -hmm. And we process our feelings differently based on a number of factors. So like this society is way too comfortable with trying to tell someone that they were not harmed. And it's like, you don't get to, I'm irreparably damaged. You don't get and to they, tell and, me not. And they harm people everywhere. They harm them at church. They harm them at school. They harm them probably at the doctor's office, you know, because yes. going in there saying something's wrong with you. Medical like, gaslighting. Yeah, they medically gaslight you. They gaslight you in AA. Uh, I don't know where people, I don't really know, except for our podcast and our support group, of course. <laughs> I don't know where people can go to find legitimately uh accountable like nice people who actually want to thrive you know and who don't want to stay stuck in in that toxic cycle i don't i don't know like why like why as a society like like this is acceptable i you know because it doesn't really serve anybody and i know it was built for white people but it hurts white people too. So I don't know like why anybody's still vouching for this way of life, you know, like the the colonizer white supremacist type of way of living because that's really starting to collapse on itself. It's not serving anybody. So it like serves the elites. It serves the elites and it absolves them of their guilt and their compliance in the way that things are. It goes back to Freud, Sigmund Freud. I read this paper, I cannot find it again, but his initial <clears throat> theory behind abused children was that it was the parents that were causing the harm. And then he realized that publishing that was gonna implicate the parents and his own father by extension. And so he decided instead to flip it and put the onus on the children for tempting adults. And it's the same in therapy where they put the onus on you to forgive someone else for what they did to you. Like, I don't have to forgive you. I, what? So a lot of it is yeah, gaslighting you to take accountability for shit that you're not responsible for. This society is not built for neurodivergent people, but we somehow are responsible and accountable for the ways that we aren't served in society. It's our fault. It's a moral failing. It's it's our fault. Yeah, it's like our sense. fault for yeah, it's our fault for existing, or like it's your fault for being black, you know, mm -hmm. or it's my fault for I don't know having weird heatherisms, doing you know I don't know farting in the air or something, doing something weird. Um, it's your neurodivergence, and you're taught to that we get our traits abused out of us by society at large because of social acceptable norms, and it's the system is sick, it's not so the sick. people participating. Yeah, and like in other countries, like in Switzerland, like the money that they would spend to, for somebody to take your kids away and give them to another person because. I don't know, they go to church and have more money than you do and they're white. Um, but in Switzerland, they don't do that. They give the struggling mothers like, um, money. like, yeah, they give them money and all kinds of resources like for therapy, for uh, like free fresh diapers, food, formula, diapers, food, yes. formula, like 
a, a like a place they can go to to learn a skill so they can get a job i can't remember what that's called but they do all that and they said that like their numbers of drug addicts people in, uh, incarcerated people uh domestic violence all of that is like way lower than it's like 75 percent lower it's significantly lower than america and in america um our incarceration and our our problems with drugs and violence and all that is way higher than most i won't say all because i don't know if it's all no but. it's all no it's all we're literally a third world country like honestly it is <clears throat> this is controversial but we are still participating in slavery it just looks different capitalism is the new slavery and um a lot of <clears throat> the foster care system is the prison pipeline. They want those kids fucked up so that they can put them in prison. I think that's to be true because I've already shared my story with DCF on on here and I'll just quickly share it real fast again, but y'all can listen to growing up um, in Florida as a millennial if you want the whole story. Um, That's back at like the beginning of this season. But the DCF worker, she decided that she wanted to have a like an intimate relationship with my mother and uh the the judge said that my sister was supposed to come live with me and um the the dcf worker was like hell nah the judge didn't say that she lied and said that my sister was supposed to go stay with our aunt in georgia but she was supposed to stay with me anyways the dcf worker or cps it's also called cps in other states she kidnapped my sister from me to give her back to my mom and um my sister couldn't go stay with my mom because she's mentally ill so it's not like that was gonna work out uh so I just, and I've heard so many other terrible CPS and DCF stories of people in the foster care system uh, where they just get abused uh, physically, sexually, or neglected, starved. And or I they're just treated as slaves. Yeah, yeah, or treated as slaves. And that's what my stepdad did to me. Um, he always treated me as a slave and they were very racist. Um, people so i could definitely see how they treated black people before i came along because that is exactly how my stepdad treated me um and uh i forgot where i was going with this sorry i just got on one of my little tangents there um but anyways yeah i lost my train of thought i'm sorry cassie no that's okay like literally the system is designed it's working exactly as it was intended to it benefits who it's meant to benefit and there are a lot of and my therapist and i have talked about this because not only have i've had cps called on my mother and i've been in foster care but i've had cps called on me for unfounded charges for child neglect and like i was putting my kids at risk which is horseshit if you know me, because I'll kill somebody behind my kids. But it's a real fear. And you're watching these women, black women who go to the hospital, they have their babies and they refuse a shot and they get their kids. There was actually a video of the police ripping a car seat with a newborn out of a mother's arms because she refused the vitamin K shot. She still ain't got her kid back. Oh my God. But it happens every single day and it's on purpose. 
Oh my God, thank you for making me aware of that and sharing awareness of that. That's really scary and terrible. And if you ever know any more things like that, please feel free to share them with me because I those are things that needs to be talked about and reported and shared. Like people in America need to know that that's happening. Like that's ridiculous that someone lost it their baby because she wouldn't get give them a shot i don't even know what special k is no no not special k that's ketamine but no there's a vitamin k shot that helps with like clotting at birth and not everybody wants their kids to have the shots and the eye rubs and all that stuff when they're when they're born you should be allowed to choose that but if you choose wrong and you're black they take your kids from you It's just, it really depends. And that's why, like, my therapist was like, no, that you are raising your kids outside of the norm. Your kids know things they shouldn't know in a very, like, they're grown, but they're smart, but they're kids at the same time. And she's like, you should be afraid because if someone ever gets wind that you're raising them the way that you are, they are not going to participate in the system. You're going against the grain you should be scared and you should talk to your kids about how they say things in public and who they say things to because you can't like anyone could decide i have a white child anyone could decide that i'm not fit to be his mother it's a fear that as a biracial black woman i have it's a valid fear i have a white child that i'm raising to be anti-racist that is literally so crazy to me and i'm so sorry that that's your experience because then i think about my mom who's had five kids and five all five of us taken away from her and like the state literally is kidnapping her kids to give them back to her and she don't want them and here you are afraid that or not maybe not you or this other oh no i'm terrified everywhere we go that some white lady is going to decide i'm not raising my white child correctly and call cps on me it's a valid fear i won't even take them to the crisis nursery in my neighborhood because they work with cps if the wrong person sees my kids and decides i'm abusing them you know wow um Thank you for sharing awareness of that as well, because I I didn't realize honestly that that was a fear just based off of my experience that I've had with DCF and my and my family. But that just goes to show how different they are with white people and black people. Because Dude, scary. yeah, like four out of my mom's five kids were adopted, and the only one that my mom had that was black, he, um, he got adopted because my family wouldn't let my my mom have a, a black baby in our family unfortunately so he had to go get adopted and he didn't have a good a good turnout either he he didn't have a very good life so the only reason I've had such an okay time in foster care is cuz I'm light skinned I carry a, a level of privilege that I don't get treated the same as my darker skin counterparts. It's really fucked up. That is really fucked up. And now, honestly, when I go out, like, and I look at, uh, I, I, when I look at people, like, I just have a deeper respect for uh, African Americans. Like, I just, after being friends with you and hearing, like, more African Americans point of view and like their struggles and like things I just never would have thought of to be afraid of like I'm not afraid I don't give a shit who calls CPS on me I know they're not taking my kids 
I can literally exactly. beg them to take my kids. I'll be like, please take them away from me and they won't take my kids. That Which part. I would never say that. But I, but I know you. Yeah, and here you are, you're uh, about to have surgery and you're afraid to, ha- to take them to a center because you're afraid some crazy white lady's not going to get her Starbucks that day so she's going to take it out on you and your kids and call CPS, which very well could happen. And that's with the ways that people carry their biases into their professions and like also don't account for kids being kids they make their judgments about me and then they see like my little one has a bunch of bruises on his legs or little fingerprint bruises and it's because he wants his brother to drag him around the house on a sheet they're they're it's from playing but someone in a center might not see it that way yeah my son or both my kids but my son specifically they had some called mongolian spots have you ever heard of that yes i have yeah both my kids had those and for people who listening who don't know what those are they're just dark spots that um, they're melanin patches yeah they're melanin patches that people of african and asian descent get on their backs when they're born well eli was covered with the mongolian spots from his butt all the way to like the back of his calves and one of the dcf work i mean i mean um one of the daycare workers called dcf on me <laughs> and uh that's mm. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, and uh, DCF question called me and questioned me, asked me if I beat my kid. I'm like, what? No, and uh, they got, so I called. I was like, Where are you hearing all this? And you're like, Your son has bruises. I'm like, Motherfucker, those are birthmarks. They're birthmarks, you motherfucker. You could have asked me that before you go and call DCF. Jesus Christ. But they can't ask because if it is abuse, the child is in danger. They can't ask you. It puts okay. the child at risk. But no, I just, I, I follow a girl on TikTok who regurgitates like stories of people that have gone through like custody battles and child support battles. And there was one in particular where the boyfriend was trying to, t- he was a narcissist, a hobosexual. He got, he poked a hole in the condom, got this girl pregnant against her will. And then w- the baby had downs and then he got a DNA test, yada, yada. And when he was doing his visitation, he saw the Port wine stain, which is similar to a Mongolian spot. And he literally tried to use that as basis to have the child taken away and say mom was unfit. And the judge was like, did you check with the pediatrician? Cause they document those for those reasons, you know? And so yeah. he ended up not getting the child at all. And it was, but he literally, the basis of him calling CPS was a port wine stain on his child, but he didn't know his child. So he tried to use it as a bruise and it's, it's, unfortunately people are ignorant people don't read things yeah and like you said they go off their biases and then they're like oh i just feel it in my christian heart that i shouldn't Mm -hmm. call cps because it's the christian thing to do but let a girl report sex assault to about a pastor and they're going to sweep that under the rug yeah yeah but then yeah then they want me going to their church with the with the with the pastor groom in the congregation or you know like what the fuck Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that part um that part really bothered me when it like whenever i started like this deconstruction and the spiritual path of healing and stuff and i was just thinking about all the times i was that person where i Mm -hmm. was like need where I felt like I needed to insert my biasy and I'm just uh I'm just glad I'm not like that anymore um that was by design though 
you of were doing course. what you were supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, of course it was. The situational design, of course, because why else would I think that way? What really got me what really got me thinking that is um when I listened to the podcast Crooked Media, which if you ever have like 10 hours of nothing else, I won't say nothing <laughs> ever to do, but j- just because it's 10 hours long, it is kind of long to listen to. Um, but they were talking about ICWA and which is the Indian Child Well Well welfare act i don't know why i couldn't say that word on the chopping block coming uh term yeah and so that case the the reason that that's in the supreme court case is actually over a custody battle Mm -hmm. so you knew that right okay you knew that it's yeah it's it's basically it's a sham to get the law repealed so that they can place native children with white people, which goes back to the big scoop that took place in the 1960s with the residential schools. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, you said that way easier than I could have. So thank you. And um, it, that all kind of stems back from the mother of that child, the one that who's having the cut. She's white. I forgot their name. They live in Texas, but she just thinks she's a Christian. She's got a whole blog about it. And she's just like, it's the Christian thing to do. It's the right thing to do because they're savages and they just live so poor and on the reservation. And and I can give them a much better white life. And um, and all these like vultures are around. It's like they're just Mm -hmm. waiting for you to mess up so they can. But didn't she lay down with a native man? Didn't she lay down with a native man? If it's a custody battle, like you're, you didn't think he was savage when he was beating up them guts. Oh no, this what? No, she didn't. Well, I don't know what she did with her personal life because I don't personally know her. But oh, she's crusading for over a custody battle. Yeah, this is straight up like they decided they were Christians and. I think they couldn't have children or I can't remember what what the deal was. They wanted to adopt. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, They they wanted wanted to adopt and they want a native child. Yes. And they, before they got the native child, they adopt, they, they adopted a three-year-old, a white kid. And that kid had problems. So they unadopted the white kid. Well, then they They rehomed him. Yeah. They rehomed him. Well, then they got this native baby and they really liked the native baby. But when they adopted the native baby at first, CPS told them there's no guarantee that you can adopt this child because they are protected by the ICWA law and they can still be adopted by someone in their tribe. Well, that day came where someone in the tribe wanted to adopt them and those white people pitched their fit and was like oh hell no this is my baby that i've cared for this is the only life that they've ever known because y'all are savages y'all are drug addicts you don't deserve your children we know better and um and so the tribe did like just didn't have the resources or the funds to go after that lady so they went ahead and signed the custody off to her well about six months after that the child's birth mother got pregnant again and those people were like oh we need to go back for this one so it's that baby's court case who's sitting in the supreme court case like a four-year-old so there are the indigenous community has something called a birth alert put on them 
they they are literally flagged so that somebody can take their child. It, it's it, it, they're literally using it's to eradicate the natives. They're going after the children to whitewash them. Can you so re rephrase that? I didn't kind of understand what you meant. Basically, I, from what I have heard from the indigenous creators that I follow on TikTok, native women have birth alerts put on them so that DCFS, CPS is notified when they are either pregnant or they've given birth and they come and they swoop those kids up if like, they find cause. And it is, like I said, it's reminiscent of the big scoop where they just snatched up all the native babies and put them in residential schools or with white families. And it is to assimilate them, to kill the savage, save the man. And that's so terrible because they're not savages. Like the the people who are saying they're savages. They talked about how to wash your ass, bro. Who's the savage? Yeah, like, yeah, the colonizer was, was literally, I, honestly, I think that the people who came over here from Britain, the one, like, the colonizers, I think they were all um, suffering from fetal alcohol syndrome, and that's why they were all fucked up and came over here and just did all the terrible shit that they did. Cause they Not to mention the dementia from the diseases, from the uncleanliness, and from the random sex with animals, and, like, dude, and the, the, yeah. group, the group that came over here, from what I have read they came over here because they were evangelical and they were outside of the cuff of British Christianity of whatever they were doing over there these were the radicals and they came over here and seceded so that they could be crazy like I mean, they wanted to be I mean that makes a lot of sense because they did do mm -hmm. a lot of crazy shit over that here part. and they then with really child did. with chattel slavery because that was basically legalized breeding of black bodies they, there was more black people than they knew what to do with because they kept forcing the slaves to procreate. And so now they've got this explosion of brown people. And now it's more, they're in the global minority and they're freaking the fuck out because by 2070 or something, there will be no more white people because all of their little dumb blonde girls are banging black dudes. So now there's all these mixed race babies running around and they're not, that's why there's the abortion ban. They don't want white women to have abortions, but that's going to backfire too because they're giving birth to brown babies. Uh, yeah. Like there's more than just white people having babies. And that's the thing that I don't get though, because like my mom literally had all these kids to be taken away and no one wanted to take away any of my mom's white kids. That doesn't white. make sense to me. But it's you would because, think like, because I'm a savage and you're not. You would think like us white kids, like they would be like, oh, let's put them with other white. Like why do white people only want native or black people to adopt like what well, you because would think they, that they would want another white kid <clears throat> no so this goes into actually i i am involved in another podcast with a bunch of biracial creators biracial women with wildly different experiences because that's a whole mess by itself and part of it is uh, my mother used me as a sword and a shield against being able 
people being able to call her racist. And I was her token VIP card into a community that she was not entitled to because white women have a problem with not being, with things not being for them. Hence cultural appropriation because the white community as a whole lacks a cultural identity. It's all beauty standards, I'm pretty. And that's why <clears throat> when they have biracial children, they reduce us to our parts and our appearance because it's, <clears throat> it's what we're good for, we're just pretty. And so it literally, there, there's a purpose there. It's either to eradicate these brown cultures and take their children, or it's so that they can take out their racial rage on a person that nobody gives a shit about because it's their kid. My mom racially abused the absolute crap out of me. They never took me. She's a white woman. I'm a conduct disorder black child. It's a perfect cover. Back in slavery days, they had to create laws to stop women beating their female slaves to death because they were jealous that their husbands were sleeping with them instead of them. And that to me, like all these things, like it's so crazy, but I know that they're true. And like that, it just, it just blows my mind to think about I don't know why or if I'm different than other people or what, but it just, I just can't believe that people act like that. Like, I can't believe like other people think that they're better than other people, that they were beaten, they're, what you just said, beating someone to death. Um, Out of jealousy. Yeah, from, yeah, from jealousy. Like, it's because white women are in fear. White women are their own oppressors, right? They, they cannot get to the source of their rage, which is the white man. So they punch down. That's why you see Karen's acting. We've talked about this on another podcast. Like that's why mm -hmm. you see Karen's acting batshit crazy in public because A, they have the emotional range of a toddler, but B, it's because they are in these loveless, shitty marriages and they cannot go off on their husbands. So they go out into public and they take it out on other, like I, we just talked about this today where I was like, I have all this rage and like the, the logical outlet based on my upbringing is my children, but I'm not going to do that. So how do I redirect this rage? Oh my God. Like, because our moms just took it out on us. They take it out on people that cannot stand up for themselves, cannot defend themselves. Yeah. They take it out on easy targets. Exactly, because when they call the cops, they're going to arrest the black person. They're not going to, you know, like I just saw today, a woman, an Uber driver, stole a black man's charger and then he refused to get out of her car until she gave him back his charger. And she hid it under her seat. And there was dash cam footage that she refused, so they called the cops. And it took like two hours and the cops were like, if you don't give this man his charger, the she started crying and like, I'm the victim. And like, and he's like, it's just a charger but it's the fucking principle. Like, and they made her give him back the charger and she's like, oh, no, no, no. and she's like, nah, save your tears. That's some but white tears. shit. White tears, girl, white tears. And white women are taught how to cry to get what they want. Yeah, that's so true. Cause every time I ever wanted something, I start, to, I, I turn it, turn down for what? I turn them tears up. Exactly. And white tears cause black death and 
I, I don't know that personally be true because I didn't use my tears against black people, but I do live in a racist town and I can see where that was very bad. Um, so I looked up some, just, just to know, I was just curious. I looked up what happened like that in my town. So uh, back in the 1920s, there's probably been more times that this happened, but this one was yes. recorded in the newspaper. Um, some uh, a black guy got blamed for something out here. He was in the prison, so he couldn't have done it. But they didn't care. Uh, they and there was three black people in the prison out here, and they went ahead and got all three of the black guys out of the prison, even though they were in prison. I don't know what but the crime. Did the crimes? Yeah, I don't even know what the crime was that was committed, but um, they because they were black, they took all three of them out of the prison, a big mob of white people. And I really feel like, you know how you told me animals like come to you? Like, you know, like we, well, there's these, yeah, there, yeah, there's these trees near my house with crows. And that's actually what made me look up this whole thing. Cause I was like, I think some black people like got hung on this. Cause I don't know why, but every time I'll see the crow, that's what I would think about. So I was like, it just Boy, made me- a group of crows is called murder, so. The what? Yeah, yeah, see, 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 yeah. I yeah, and get this, last week, I kid you not, there was a skinny white man under that same tree, the one that always has the murder of crows, and he was very skinny, like he looked, I'm not trying to be rude, but he did look like he was on some drugs. He was very skinny. He looked and, hungry. Yeah, he looked hungry, and um, uh, he had a Confederate flag, uh, handkerchief hanging out of his back pocket and he was cracking a whip on the tree i'm not kidding you he was literally record that shit next time girl oh my god i wish i would have because i was like oh my fucking god i can't believe there is a redneck ass dude under that tree straight up cracking a whip like I mean, like, it who was still like, has whips in 2022? First of all, yeah, I never seen anything like that before in my life, Cassie. I was just like, what the fuck? And it was literally like half of a block from my house. Was, I I know no one can see me pointing except he was literally like right there, and I'm just like, oh my god, that guy has a big whip, and he's he yeah, just anyways. So those people, um took the, that, the, that big mob of white people, they took the black guys out of the prison and they tied them up to a tree and they shot them to death. And then for some reason, there was a black man that was in the mob with the white people. And I guess he was trying we to be- We call them coons. We call them coons. Oh, okay. Well, I'll I guess he was- kin folk. Oh, he was trying to be a coon, but they killed him too. They tied him up to the tree and killed Girl. him. That's why we, we keep trying to tell the black people that pander to white folks like they they use you for what for because you're black and you're perpetuating their message. But the moment you can always have that privilege revoked, bro, you can always have like for me, I have white privilege because I'm half white at any moment in time. That white card can be revoked. And people yeah. don't realize they don't realize it. Yeah, I didn't realize that either until you had told me that and it gave me a lot deeper respect for black people because I just never, I don't have that experience. So I never thought about how black people always have to be worried about some some white people doing some bu crazy bullshit. 
like if I don't know there it what has caused like the BLM movement is the fact that like there's a list of things that people can't do while being black running smoking a cigarette on the sidewalk going to the store sleeping in your bed Brianna Taylor playing with a toy gun at the park Tamir Rice being in a backyard Stefan Clark the guy who got the cops called on him while the woman was hanging her dog because she said he was threatening her but the whole thing was on camera like it's it's you can't you literally have to worry and again I am light-skinned this is not my experience I listen to black voices though and they're being murdered for existing and it's systematic because remember we talked about they overbred them how else do you get rid of that yeah didn't some guy get away with shooting a bunch of people out of... yeah 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 him mm-hmm. or the guy that went to the top supermarket and had here's your reparations inward carved into his gun and you walk through the store and stream the shit on twitch and he walked across a white man and was like, oh, I'm sorry, you're good. And then moved on. He killed the biracial girl. He killed 10 black people, including someone who had just like, I can't remember what he had done, but he had either created like an energy or a water source that was like, it could have been something. And he was a former cop. They didn't give a fuck about that. Like 10 people just murder going to the store or the church that they locked a bunch of people in and burnt it down with them inside or the times they walk into fucking churches and shoot people. That just happened. They just found a girl that was hanging in a tree on fire and they ruled it a suicide. First of all, black folks don't commit suicide by hanging. We do not hang ourselves. That's the white people shit. And on top of that, if you're committing suicide, how the fuck do you light yourself on fire? Yeah, yeah. And I'm hang sorry. yourself from a tree at the same time. Yeah, I'm sorry, but nobody is gonna commit suicide by lighting themselves on fire. Nobody. They found no an 80-year-old woman hanging in a tree last year. An 80-year-old woman hanging in a tree ruled that as undetermined. 80-year-old black woman hanging in the tree. How the fuck an 80-year-old lady's gonna get in a tree? Come on, it'd be way easier for an old lady to just take some pills. Exactly. Like the they're they're still hanging us. They're still hanging us to this day. And that's why we just passed a lynching act. We just passed a lynching in act. In 2022. They'd been trying for years. It had come up hundreds of times. And yeah, it's just now. And that's I mean. I, I feel it appropriate since we're talking about this to bring up Emmett Till. He is the reason we have a civil rights movement. He was a 14 year old child that he quote cat called a white woman and they literally ripped him out of bed and they beat him and mutilated him and threw his broken body into the river. And his mother, Mamie Till, when she they found him, they were trying to do a closed casket and she's like, no. No, I want the world to see what they did to my baby. He was 14 years old, and it turned out that bitch lied, first of all. Second of all, she is still alive and kicking to this day. They found her. They found a warrant from 1955 that they should have served on her, her husband, and her brother. And they opted in 2022 not to serve that warrant because she's old and she has cancer. But they took Bill Cosby's ass to jail. 
Bill Cosby yeah. holds fuck too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It just shows you the stark contrast. Like she, there's she's they're saying she's old. Okay, Emmett Till didn't get to get old. Emmett Till died at the age of fourteen because a woman lied. Are you insane? Like what? I couldn't imagine walking around with that on my conscience. Oh Cassie, no, she, she wrote even... a book. Girl, she wrote, she a, wrote book. a book. And it was supposed to be published after she died, but she basically said like, I've been living scared my whole life. Like she painted herself to be a victim. Like she didn't have a whole, she didn't lie and have a whole 14 year old child murdered. She didn't know what was gonna happen. She said that in her book, she didn't know. Bitch, you lived in 1955 in Mississippi. You knew exactly what was gonna happen. And you were a grown woman at the same time. You were like 19 years old when this happened. White tears, girl. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, I'm speechless. I don't have, I, uh, usually I have something to say, but I don't, I don't have anything to say. Um, just, wow, that's very, uh, very terrible and in this moment, though, what we can say is the way that you are, for the Caucasian people that are listening, as uncomfortable as it makes you feel, you have to sit in that. Because that is moving your pain from dirty pain to clean pain. You have to process the gravity of what your ancestors did. It's not that you're responsible for what your ancestors did, but it is your responsibility to process those feelings and mm-hmm. to be different. Because it is, I'm half white. It is uncomfortable. It is extremely uncomfortable to reconcile what your ancestors have done. But you have to sit in that discomfort in order to heal from it. Thank you for saying that, actually. Because when you just, I don't know why, but this just clicked in my head. But I just kind of thought about, like, wow, because this is uncomfortable for me, that means that I'm the first person in my family to be doing this work which I'm sad no one else did this work because that means that they hurt other people but I'm glad that at least if if it's uncomfortable then it must mean that I'm growing and changing so that part is good exactly and that is in the book um my grandmother's hands which I break down on lives on Friday night with two other biracial creators that's what he's talking about is sitting in your pain and admitting and acknowledging and owning that your ancestors did some fuck shit and you're you don't have to make up for it your commitment is to anti-racism to kill the behavior going forward to understand the power that you hold as a white person that you're a lie can literally mean the end of a life for a child because police started out as slave catchers. That's how the police were founded. They were catching slaves, runaway slaves for the elite wealthy. What do they do now? Yeah, what, yeah. Uh, literally, in, huh? I, I, like literally, what do they do now? The Supreme Court ruled that they are not, to, they don't have to protect us if they don't want to. That's the actual court ruling. Didn't they say that after they didn't save all those kids at the school? Mm-hmm. They just murdered someone who was asking for help in their car. 
they shot the shit out of he's a geologist and his car got stuck and he was like i got knives and stuff in my car because i'm a geologist i'll throw them out if you're scared it's fine and they literally they tased him they beanbagged him and they killed him they shot him to death in oh, his car he threw up a heart with his hand before they killed him oh my god it's terrible that was like this week last week within the last seven days yeah after that story we did on anton black like nothing really surprises me anymore which i feel disgusted to say but um just yeah it doesn't really surprise me that's terrible well i will say that you giving someone who is black the platform and the space to you know what i mean to talk about these things that is part of anti-racism work you're not trying to push blame you're not trying like you're owning the shit your ancestors did and that is literally all we're asking of white people is to admit that it happened because i mean we're childhood trauma survivors as well and you know that the worst part of the trauma that we suffered is that nobody acknowledges it nobody owns it and we just have to eat it yeah that part it does suck it, it really feels like for me personally like i've on my worst days i felt like no one cared so to think about how other races and cultures have felt like that for hundreds of years maybe that's why i feel that maybe that's why i can't fathom hurting other people uh maybe maybe that's why i'm like that but i just feel i'm glad to give the space and i know i shared this on the last podcast but i'll share it again on this one i was doing some ancestral digging on ancestry.com and there was a story in there about how one of my grandfathers and he had the masons thing like inscripted on his tombstone and he also had a confederate flag laid out next to his tombstone so you could imagine with the confederate flag and the and the masons the freemason symbol on his tombstone what kind of person he was and there was a story written in there about how he had a african american woman shipped here from africa and she had a husband and three kids back in africa and she was very sad and she was with him for three years and um and afterwards um after he she, she was there for three years um they gagged her and uh sorry about that sorry cassie went in and out anyway i kicked myself out sorry oh no that's okay so i was just retelling that story about how that african-american woman was gagged in a cornfield and sold for a frying pan and i just can't fathom that someone i'm related to cared more about a fucking frying pan than a human being i can't consciously fathom it doesn't make sense because we're not viewed as they did a study and uh, it was in relation to why uh, white people don't move on the sidewalk. They they view us as objects, not people. And that part, this I, day. I don't understand it. Like, cause I don't think that way. That's so I don't, I can't understand it. Like how two plus two doesn't equal five. Like it, my brain literally don't, doesn't understand how other people can be that way. But I, but it, I, I mean, I believe you. I just can't believe it. I mean, it's, it is hard to believe. And the, uh, like I keep saying, the way that you can undo what they did 
is by doing exactly what you're doing. Make a commitment to being anti-racist, which means calling out people when you see it happen. It's hard to speak up. We've been talking about that all week, but it's time for us Mom, to speak up. Okay. And you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, especially where I live, I definitely okay. can speak up on it whenever okay. I see it. And it is, hard be, it is hard because then people are, shit white people turn on you to, uh, on other white people mm -hmm. uh, which i'm sure black people know that but yeah like if a white person sees another white person sticking up for a black person then they won't like you either so they'll be like they call oh, you an n-word lover yeah, they do that's exactly what they call you and then they just don't want nothing to do with you and you know so that part of which i don't I'm just explaining, I guess, like some of the experiences I've had. Um, so it can be kind of scary to be in that situation, but at the same time, it, you probably shouldn't value what those people think because they suck, unless, you know, they're going to get you killed. See, but it's hard because when you have your family is that way, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard to speak up because you'll lose everything yeah yeah that that literally yeah that's how it was that really is how my family was my 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 grandma didn't like uh i couldn't date black people so i dated asian people and she didn't like my son as biracial um so she didn't really want so she didn't want anything to do with him and then um i don't know why i just lost my train of thought Dang, that's, that's been super happening. common. Yeah, that's super yeah. common for people to not want their biracial kids. And that's why um, a lot of moms in the 50s and 60s and even the 80s were sent to like unwed mothers' homes. And I have a lot of friends that have biracial siblings that they're just now meeting. Oh, shoot. Because they were given up for adoption. Yeah, that I can relate with that as well. I found out whenever I was like... 15 that I had a black brother and then I found out whenever I was 17 that I had a white brother and then um, both of my parents into my 20s I had kids uh, uh, later on then as well so Eli, my my nine-year-old has a 10-year-old and 11-year-old aunt my sister's family so I was raised with my sister's family um, the, the grandfather Papa Scott, he married a 30-year-old uh, Filipino mail-order bride, and he has children. He was he was 60, almost 70, having kids, and she was 30. And so, like, we have aunts and uncles that are literally, like, 12 years younger than us. Oh, my gosh. My Aunt Maddie is crazy. the same as my little sister. There's pictures of them in the bath together when they were children. That was her and her aunt, same age. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. I got gotta love our family dynamics. Dude, people back then were just wild. I don't know what was going on back then, but they was wild. They, no, I lied, I do know. It was respectability politics and doing what you're supposed to. But mm -hmm. they were wildin' back in the 50s and 60s, bro. Yeah, and then, all, yeah, they was wildin', getting married, doing all this, shooting people, killing people, and all the white moms were probably vacuuming their floors high on cocaine. Bro, cocaine was in Coca-Cola. Where do you think it gets its name? <laughs> yeah, right? I tell seven you. 7-Up used to be laced with lithium. That's why it's called 7-Up. I did not know that. Girl. 
And see, you know what's funny is those what those housewives are always like, why is it so hard for you to like do this? And it's like, you were on meth. You were on meth running your house and taking yeah. downers to go to sleep. You could yeah. clean the whole house and care for the children and cook a meal and put your makeup on because you were doing meth for breakfast. I'm sober. That must be why Alzheimer's is like at an all-time high right now. Do you um, know? I actually just, dude, yes, I just heard recently that there is actually bacteria in your mouth that can cause your brain to that can cause you to develop dementia and Alzheimer's if you do not get your teeth taken care of. Yeah, and my coach was just telling me last week that there's actually a huge correlation between Listerine and your brain health. So he was saying that there's like um, particles in Listerine and other like other big health uh, oral care companies like uh, Colgate and Crest. Uh, the stuff that they put in there that they shouldn't is really bad for your brain. I'm not. I mean, I just saw a TikTok today where they were talking about a bunch of women across the country were taking their children's school lunches and having them tested by a scientist. And it turns out that they're loaded with pesticides, heavy metals, and toxins. That's our kid's school lunch. Yeah. Have you seen Have you seen a picture of French or Chinese school lunches? Yes. They eat real food. Every, well, a lot of the stuff in our diet is banned in other countries. Yeah, there's like, like 100 chemicals that's um, banned in other countries. That's n that it, but those 1300 is allowed in our food, makeup products, mm -hmm. drinks, mm -hmm. stuff like that. And mm -hmm. also, you probably heard this, but if you follow just literally anybody who goes to another country for an extended amount of time, they lose a significant amount of weight. And they said they eat more. I lived overseas for three months. That is absolutely true. They eat fresh produce that doesn't have chemicals in it. You walk everywhere. And those people smoke like fucking chimneys over there. And they live till they're 100. Yeah. So they yeah, that's what don't make sense to me. Like, how can these people in other countries have bad habits like smoking? But shit, they still live fucking forever. It's because they're taking care of their bodies that you can you can do naughty things if everything that you're doing is not naughty you know what i mean like they literally walk really really far they do stairs they don't have elevators like you have to have a doctor's note to use the lift over in italy otherwise take stairs you have to have a doctor's note to use the lift in italy like i injured myself i slipped on ice and I fucked up my knee while I was over there. Not only did a doctor come to my house and write me a script, I paid like 20 bucks for the whole thing, but they, I had to get a note because my school was on the second or third floor. I couldn't do the stairs because it was my knee that was injured. So I had to get a note from a physician to use the lift. They were like, take the fucking stairs walk wow i mean that's kind of ableist now that i think about it like that's not okay you should be able to just use lift if you need it because we have ambulatory wheelchair users and people that can move sometimes and not others but back then it made sense wow that's really crazy to me i now i think of americans as like 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 we're the jews um except we're like instead of being in concentration camps we're like we're just fat and and um uh, diseased 
and the when you rest say of Jews, the- I would say it's more like we are in a new version of chattel slavery. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't know if the Jews was people. a good the only reason I brought the Jews up is because I was thinking of another race where they were very bad to another race. But yeah. Um yeah, I, I feel like the rest of the world is doing a lot better than we are. And is it are they doing better because like you, they say how America revolutionized the world, right? Well now the we world didn't. revolutionized. Oh, we didn't? We didn't. It based everything that we have in this country was stolen from other people and the white people just put their name on it Uh, have you ever done a group project dude like think about the people that don't do shit and they come in and they take credit for everything at the end i was the one who always did all the work same same but you know how to identify the person that is not going to do anything come in and be like ah this is all my idea that that's basically america in a nutshell and now we're all fat and diseased. Now what do we do? Well, I mean, it, it has to do with the fact that, you know, like in the book study we're learning, trauma lives inside of our body and trauma responses cause us to do things that aren't good for us and keeps us stuck in these patterns. And, you know, we eat to cover emotions. We eat because we have shitty relationships with food. Like it's a cycle and it's on purpose. Yeah, but if people eat in other countries, they don't get as fat as we do. We get fat from they don't have pesticides and preservatives in their foods. Their foods are not chocolate with chemicals. Right. <laughs> Maybe me and you should just go move to Sicily. Girl, I lived in Florence and I literally tried to get my ex-wife to like move there. I was like, bitch, ship the dogs and let's go. Like, it is so much better over there. I've been all over Europe. All, well, not all over. No, I've been to a lot of places in Europe. I did six countries in seven days. And I've done a taste of it all. France sucks. France, they're terrible. They hate everybody over there. It's crazy. Don't go to France. The steak is really good. The lube is beautiful. But the people are shit. That I, in my experience. But other than that, those countries do things very differently. And they don't view socialism as a negative thing. How do they, they view have, it? They have social programs. They don't view it like here. When the social programs we have, there are stigmas attached to them. If you're getting government assistance, you're automatically a shitty person, right? They drug right. test people getting welfare, even though most of us are not on welfare. I mean, not on drugs. And so there's just they don't have the same stigmas around getting help and taking care of your people. Like our government is sending our tax money to other countries rather than helping its citizens. We're in the middle of a 17 pandemics, but they, and they don't have no money to keep us home because they need this society to keep running, but they just sent billions of dollars to Ukraine. Wow, I did not know that they You know what I, like, do, do yeah. you see what I mean? Like, yeah, they gave us $3,000 and they're like, you're good, right? That shit was gone the day we got it. Those stimmy checks were gone the day we got them because we were paying bills that we could not afford to pay otherwise. Yeah, and now strawberries is like $13 a pound. Mm-hmm. Nobody mm-hmm. can afford to eat. Like, no, you know, like going back to the beginning of the thing, of the of the podcast, you know, no wonder you're enraged. There's so many things to literally be enraged about. Yeah, like, and it's basically, there's no support and it's, I'm a failure. 
that's what they want me to think is I'm a failure because I'm disabled because my mother beat the shit out of me and broke my brain and my body, but I'm a failure. Yeah, that's what they want you to think. That way you'll have kids who think they're failures and then they'll go into prison and can work for free. Mm -hmm. Because slavery is legal under the 13th Amendment as long as there is a criminal charge. Conviction. Yeah, that, that same tree I was telling you about that that boy was cracking a whip under, they always, every day, have about six black men working under that tree, cleaning that, that because that tree is in a baseball area that's funded by the county. So the prison workers are always over there cleaning it. And I just sit there and think about, I don't, I don't know why it just makes me sad. Like I know, I think about how many black people are probably lynched or, 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 or bad things that happen to them at, in that park. Cause, cause you know, like, you, you know, like the, the, the picnicking and the, and the lynching, like we're all that, I know that they did that stuff here. And then it makes me so sad to see like these African-Americans, these same ones every day probably did something stupid and they got arrested or maybe wrong stupid. Most of them are in jail for crimes that they did not commit. And that's why they just passed a new ruling in the Supreme Court that it is harder to have new evidence shown to exonerate you later. Are you serious? That just happened with the whole, with, that was part of all the Roe controversy is they just made it harder for convicted criminals to bring forth new evidence to exonerate themselves. That's not good because there's a shitload of people who get, like, the older I get, I really can see how easy it would be for someone to get locked up or something they didn't do, especially when some you know, um, police department feels like they have to find someone um, guilty for the for the case, you know, so they just pick someone for it to be mm -hmm. the, the easiest they pick a black body. They pick a black body because that's what the nation was built on, black bodies. Yeah. And that's the other yeah. reason why people can't admit what they've done because admitting what they've done would mean that they need to give us reparations. They would like every other group that's had the world wrong them has gotten reparations. We have not. You want to know another thing that's been bothering me? I don't know why this is coming to me. I don't even know if I should share it with you, but um, retention ponds really bother me now. And I feel like underneath all of the retention ponds, there's probably bodies under there. So, um, are you familiar with Lake Lanier, Oscarville, Georgia? No, I'm not. That is a place in Georgia that used to be an affluent black town. And uh, they were doing too good for the white people. So they came and they murdered everybody and they flooded the town. So there's actual bodies under there. There's actually a movie coming out. Yeah, I think about that. Uh, uh, not when uh, I've heard of things like that happening, but not specifically Lake Lanier. And now every time I see a lake, or I don't know why they're retention ponds. I think because I see retention ponds so many times and I just wonder like, um, like man put that there. What's underneath it? You do, you do know that in New York that like one of the Wall Street buildings is sitting on a grave of 400 African-Americans. I did not know that. 
it's quite terrible. Like the amount of black towns that have been like the Tulsa race massacre, same thing, they murdered everybody. Like they just go through the black towns that they're doing too good and they just. That's another thing I didn't, I wasn't very educated about. Thank you for telling me. Devil's Punch Bowl, don't eat the peaches in Devil's Punch Bowl because that is sitting on a burial ground. D don't eat the, d don't eat the what? Don't eat the peaches that grow in Devil's Punch Bowl. Where They're Devil's sitting Punch on top. I, I, don't quote me, I do not know. Um, it's somewhere in the south though, but there are peaches that grow there that they're they're cursed because they're sitting on top of a burial ground with black bodies. Well, you know, the Native Americans believe that um, water, like different water places have a spirit. So like rivers have spirits, seas have spirits. And I there's, a, there's another one, um, I think it's called um, Amusement Park. I can't remember the name of it. I'm so sorry, but it's in West Virginia. And it was it's an amusement park that was built on top of uh, an indigenous burial ground. And a bunch of the um, indigenous people were murdered. And I think it was um, foul play as well. Like they, they had a treaty that, that they got tricked or something. And then after that, they all just, their tribe got flooded and everyone was murdered and they put an amusement park on top of it and people and kept dying yeah six kids white kids died at that amusement park and three of them were in the man-made lake that they made and one of the boys actually got his arm stuck in like the vent at the very bottom of the lake which they said was like a really crazy way for someone to die so knowing that indigenous people believe that water has spirit it just makes me wonder like if there's a spirit an indigenous spirit in there that's like claiming lives but that place isn't um... no it's all of the spirits working in unison is what it is because in lake lanier people disappear too bodies go down they don't come up what do you think the spirits do i wish i could see it I reparations retribution shit that is long overdue and well deserved maybe not to the person that is there but i mean you know what i mean yeah another the book i'm reading from the sins of the father right yeah that a book that i'm reading it says that like there was a um a guy in the book that i'm reading um he did something dirty and got away with it but like 20 years later the same thing happened to his son except his son was innocent and he paid the price that is how spiritual karma works. That's why we, the seven fire prophecy we were talking about, that's what you have to face what you did because it's gonna keep happening otherwise. You gotta break the curse, gotta break the cycle. Yeah, and I don't want, I don't want our kids paying the price for what our, what our what our ancestors did because our ancestors were fucked up like don't do the karma on me please that part and that's again <laughs> that's why you commit to anti-racism work and you do your part because you're doing your part you, you can't break the curse by yourself neither can i it is us working in unison in tandem that will break the curse that's right and 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 all the little movies love always breaks the spell exactly we, we love ourselves and our children exactly exactly and we could actually probably end on there i think that's a really great way to end 
Just love yourself and do the right thing. Don't count on a book to tell you how to treat people. Yeah, she was talking about the Bible. I don't know what you're talking about, ma'am. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We appreciate your support um, and uh, listening to all these topics and healing trauma and recovery and addiction and all of it. And we will be back to you guys next week. See ya.